This is episode 48 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. That was like the golden age of shorting junk. And Steven Johnson. My biggest loss is like 5,000 because I'm a gunslinger newbie who hasn't learned yet. Today's episode is part one of a two-part conversation with Mark Crook. Great to join you guys here. Mark started trading about eight years ago. I've been trading, gosh, since 2010. The epitome of safe and steady. I'm certainly not a gunslinger. Mark gradually built his account to over $1 million. Where will your account be in eight years? Listen in as Mark explains how he did it. But first, let's dip into the listener mailbag. Today's question comes from Sally in Atlanta. Sally wants to know, what is the best way to build a watch list for penny stocks? Sally from Atlanta asks, what's the best way to build a stock watch list for penny stocks? I can just take this one straight away because I've got this new strategy that's the best. So what I do, and you have it slightly different but the same thing, is I have day one runners, day two runners, day three runners, and day four runners. And then I'll have a, a scan on stocks to trade that says stocks up more than 10% on 200,000 volume traded. And all of the stocks that close more than 10%, more than 200,000, say 800,000 volume traded, I'll put them in day one. And then if they have a green day the next day, I'll put them in day two. And then if the, if the day two ones have a green day the next day, I'll put them in day three. And then I can see it helps you really look at patterns form over one, two, and three days. So you're not just chasing the stock of the day. And then you start trying to see when do the stocks tend to fail and, and, uh, and how, high, what, how high do the spike before the fail. And, and then you can start looking at, do I want to short the red, do I want to go long the red to green on day one or do I want to short a stock up day three? This is how you learn to make those, uh, those plans. Yeah, I think that's a, I, I've done very, very similar to you. And I talk about this all the time in Stocks to Trade Pro is I say have, I call it rolling watch lists. I don't know if I created that term or if I borrowed it from somebody, but I always have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday watch list, as well as like a swing trade watch list, as well as a sector watch list. And where you're watching them day one, two, and three, I'm doing the same thing. I always am looking to roll those watch lists over because I want to know Say it's an earnings winner and it's green again on the second day. Well, then going into day three, that's a that's a red to green watch. It's a red to green watch until it fails. So I say the best way to build a watch list is look at the gainers, look at the volume, and then build those watch lists and roll them over for days or even weeks at a time. Uh, so so I've got my watch list. You've got your Roland watch list. Roland roll rolling, rolling. watch list. And I know I speak to Roland Wolf sometimes, and he calls his the Roland Wolf list, <laughs> which is kind of like a Roland watch list, but it's a Roland Wolf list. <laughs> anyway, crap joke. Next. Hey there, Steady Trade listeners. Want to know how guys like Tim Gratani and Tim Bowen followed in the footsteps of Tim Sykes, earning financial security and beyond by day trading penny stocks? Do you want to see if you have what it takes? Even if your name isn't Tim, then why not check out the Timothy Sykes Trading Challenge, where you can be personally mentored by these guys and other successful traders. If you're interested, and if you have what it takes, go to TimothySykes.com and let them know that you want to work directly with Tim Sykes today. 
Mark Crook is I live and breathe. I am extraordinarily excited to have you on this podcast for a number of reasons. The predominant reason is that you are the epitome of steady. And our podcast is called the Steady Trade Podcast. So you are the prime time guest to interview, to get to know a little bit about your story, what worked, what didn't, how you got started, where you are now, and, and to deliver some very uh, relevant and practical advice for all of the listeners who were in your situation when you were starting five, six, seven years ago. Uh, but first, I don't know if I want to kind of get an announcement out of the way. Uh, Tim Bowen, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there's a big thing we need to talk about. Uh, I, I noticed you, you're, you're not wearing the, brace on. you don't have a neck brace on. So maybe, maybe <laughs> that's perhaps a, that's, a, that's exactly it. Perhaps a divine intervention did, 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 did basically, like, basically I feel like a million dollars without this neck brace on or, or Mark Krupp just passed a million dollars. Mark, how does it feel to pass a million dollars, brother? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, great to, great to join you guys here the podcast but yeah it's it's a it's a, been a long time coming i've been trading gosh since 2010 so right around the time i think bowen started tim bowen so uh yeah it's been a long journey and steady is i guess more or less a kind of the the right way to describe it because i i'm certainly not a gunslinger and just try to kind of take advantage of opportunities and and do it in a very conservative manner consistently over the last several years and and it took some time but uh, i think i've seen a lot of progress and always you know very excited and, and happy to to help other students who've come along and over the over the years and we've seen a lot of good traders come through the woodwork so uh, and Stephen, I know you're you're gonna get there soon. So so uh, keep it up. Yeah, I think back. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark and I actually go back quite a ways. I don't remember. I think it might have been the. I don't know if it's the first, maybe the second of Pin, Tim Sykes. It used to be called the Penny Stocking Conference. And I remember it was, you know, there was about, ooh, geez, back then there was about twenty five people there, and just kind of randomly. Mark was sitting right behind me. Um, that's where I met him. I, I'm guessing that was somewhere around 2010. We were both kind of getting traction, getting started in the penny stocking world. And, and uh, you know, I, I look back, I mean, I, I think we kind of became, I don't know if we were necessarily friends right away, but, but um, had always kind of conversed and, and kind of, it's interesting. We got started way back when, when the penny stocking conference was like 25 people and now it's like pushing a thousand. So. Yeah, things have changed a lot since uh, since the good old days. Sorry, just just before we start to get into your story and we start to hear how you get started and what your what what your key path was, I've I've developed this strategy recently, and I just wanted to get your kind of thoughts on it. Uh, I've been indifferent, and a lot of people say it's good, and a lot of people say it's bad. But I was thinking, what do you think of the strategy of whenever you trade something, I just trade the exact same thing at the exact same time? <laughs> what, what what do you think of that strategy? Because I'm I'm thinking about starting doing it again. I never follow anybody. <laughs> you know, even even me. You know, I make a ton of mistakes, and everyone sort of has to develop their own style. And it, it's a process. It takes it takes some time. Normally, I don't like to jump in with uh, certain situations, and I don't want to interrupt the interview. But just while we're talking about my journey, I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast uh, just just uh, a couple of days ago, and they were talking about the progress that you need to take to become a professional comic. 
And Joe Rogan was saying to this guy that it took him like seven, eight years to become a professional comic. And on his journey to become a professional comic, he, he died like a bomb when it came to comedy. Like he would have cold sweats on stage. He would, he would go to bed thinking, I'm quitting this for sure, for good. And, and he would be like, it is impossible to come back from this. And there would be so many times throughout the seven-year journey before he became famous that he thought, I'm never going to make this. And then in the end, he, he realized that he was one of the, say, 100 major players who made it because he was the only one who had the courage to pursue the journey. And I think trading is a lot like that. It's so difficult to come over the hurdles, to quit and to come back, to blow up and to refund. It, it takes uh, a real... Real courage, I guess, is the only word. And, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Mark, and to see if you agree or to see what your journey was like and why don't you pre- kind of prerequisite that by just taking me through the journey. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, uh, I, I definitely agree with that. It takes, it takes a hell of a lot of courage to, to get into something that's, that's um, uh, unconservative, so to speak, type of, of, of thing like trading. But, but I, uh, I actually started trading back in 2010. Previous to that, I had uh, graduated in 2004 with uh, an accounting degree from UT Austin. And I wasn't ever really thrilled about the prospect of uh, working in public accounting or, you know, didn't really see a long-term um, journey in that sense. But uh, now I then, did- then what, what made you choose that major then? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I, I, I had really a dartboard. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I was always pretty good with numbers, and so accounting was a, a very good foundation. And and I, I thought that uh, potentially it could lead to, to something else. But I think more than anything, it was just a good safe bet. And 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 I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do. I was pretty uh, young and and just you know, a late bloomer. And, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, stocks were always a very, very interesting thing to me. And I had done some, some investing back when I was in high school. I had, you know, put some money into some penny stocks as well, which I think was, was kind of earlier in the 2000s. And, and, and then also going, uh, even post, post-college, um, I had dabbled in penny stocks as well. But uh, trading never really crossed my mind. And sometimes I wonder, maybe maybe that could have been uh, something that uh, I could have explored earlier on. But nevertheless, uh, accounting was, and I, I suppose is, is always going to be a, a good foundation. And um, it didn't really last very long. I uh, was a, I was in uh, just never really appealed to me. I, I got bored with that and, and took a little break. Eventually I went back into accounting. Um, and, and I took a job as a, as a, a general accountant with a coffee manufacturer, uh, in Houston, uh, that was pre Florida days. And, uh, I grew up in Texas. So, uh, so that was, uh, kind of my journey in, in post-college. And as I said, I, I, I had dabbled with penny stocks, not, not from a trading perspective, more from an investment perspective. And uh, I would read message boards. Uh, I heard Michael Good and, and I know Bowen and, and some other guys who got into trading that, that kind of dabbled as well. And, and I, like I said, I found it always very fascinating with some of these plays, but I never really knew how the game worked. And, and 
I came across uh, Sykes in, in a YouTube video of his, and or uh, probably a couple videos at the time. <laughs> now there's there's more than more than one can imagine. Yeah, yeah four and a half thousand or something. Yeah, and you said you've seen them all twice. Have you genuinely seen them all twice? Is that legit true? You've seen them everyone twice. Yeah. So the the video lessons I've been watching uh, regularly, I'd categorized them. I w- went back. Uh, a couple times and and yeah i mean that was more not the the more recent ones but but up until a couple years back i i just wanted to soak in as much information as i possibly could and and i think the average uh individual trying to get into something brand new like this needs to uh really immerse oneself in 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 really in anything one does but trading especially it's uh I think there's so many different dynamics and apart from the, the emotions and the technicals and, uh, and everything else that goes with it. So, so yeah, I, I watched uh, all of Tim's video lessons and that's uh, really when I started to really get it. I think uh, the challenge. Now we, 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 we jumped ahead a little bit. Um, what, what I want to, Going back to like when I met you at the, at the penny stocking conference, um, kind of where were you at at that phase? I, I, I can't remember. Were you kind of actively trading or were you just kind of fresh to it back then? I, I can't remember. Yeah, so I, I was still pretty fresh uh, in the trading uh, space. I really only got very active in in late 2010. So I was still kind of getting my feet wet. I was making some trades. I started with about 50 grand and, uh, I actually was fortunate enough to, to come in with, without any real pressure. And, and I know that's something Gratani talks about a lot. I did not have a huge pressure. I was single. I, uh, had, saved up quite a bit from working in accounting and so on. So, so it was, it was a very um, interesting time to, to, to get into trading because I didn't um, know a whole lot, but at the same time, I didn't uh, feel like I was in a hurry to really make a ton of money. Like, like some people might otherwise be when they first get started. So, uh, so that's kind of how uh, I got into it, and and uh, I really love the short side. You know, that's that's really what I was sold on. Uh, no pun intended. I mean, I I loved the short selling strategy, and at the time when when I started uh, watching Tim and and uh, learning, uh, it was more shorting pumps and kind of along the lines of what Michael Good does pretty regularly and and yeah we kind of jump back to you know kind of back that i i think back to like again when i got started easy you know days. The easy those, days. Uh, the you easy know days. i don't want to say easy <laughs> but you know those That's were easy I, I i like to call it <laughs> and, and mark may or may not agree with me but i kind of like to call that 2007 to like 2011 2012 that was like the golden age of shorting junk i would never say trading is easy you know and especially borrows were borrows were way harder back then but man if you if you could get a borrow back then you know there was 
it, it was easier, I would like to say, back then. So I'm, yeah, I'm that was, say it was easy for you guys. <laughs> that was the that was the biggest challenge, I think, is get finding the shares to short. Uh, you know, the squeezes were were certainly prevalent, but uh, but I think the strategy became such a ver- such a uh, widely studied and widely used um, or widely taught that that ultimately uh, especially now in this bull market has made it uh, a lot tougher and uh, uh, especially low flow type of runners like we're seeing even today i don't know if you guys have been watching uh cldc which is the china lending corp and yep. this, that one i'm actually somewhat tempted to buy for an afternoon ramp even though it's already up uh 57 but um but yeah we've seen a ton of these crazy low floats uh and, oh, and you know, and I think back down. again, back back to what I call the golden age of shorting. You know, we we you would you would have I call them one and dones, where these stocks would spike one day and then die. Maybe you'd get two days out of them. I mean, we used to love you know the three the the three day rule. It was like any back then any stock that was up two days in a row, day three you could all. I mean, again, not that it was like a hundred percent. But you could like hammer stuff day three. Now, last couple of years, we get day three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and on. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Jeevan blows up. It goes day one, day two, day three, day four, then day five. Jeevan blows up. That's what happens. <laughs> but but the thing is, though, like Mark, what? So what would you say was the first pattern? How did it all start to click for you? Was it the pump and dumps where you just thought, I kind of get trading. This is my one first pattern. Because everyone has a first patent to make money. Yeah, so that was that was really my my first uh, real success was shorting these pumps and really, you know, first red day type of strategy. So that was that was something that Tim really uh, or does and still does. Uh, although now it's more more longs in the school market, but. But shorting first red days uh, after these big two three day parabolic runs were uh, kind of my yeah. my 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 focus and and while I didn't take massive positions uh, and still to this day I, I, I don't really get too aggressive it's just not uh, my nature but again being able to consistently profit on these kind of opportunities uh, but uh, perfect built- example. First red day, sorry. June 27th, uh, was it ALBI, ALIB? ABIL. ABIL. Perfect, perfect first red day example, no? That's a good example. ABIL, yeah. I didn't find shares to short, but uh, um, yeah, we've definitely seen a number of, of, of examples in these, in these recent days and weeks and months. Um, but uh yeah, so so shorting has definitely been my main focus, and really trying to work more on the on the long side, and that really uh, impresses me when I see uh, Gritani uh, go long on some of these uh, bulletin board plays, sometimes on the Nasdaq as well, and uh, and I think that that's really what ultimately can can turn a great trader into a superstar trader. Uh, somebody that's able to 
see the momentum on the front side and then, uh, and then short it on the backside. And I think Gritani made, you know, 200 plus thousand on, on CVSI, uh, then shorted it. Not sure how, how much he made on the, on the backside, but, uh, being able to capture the momentum on the front side and then, uh, nailing the, the, the backside, I think that that's the true superstar in trading. And, uh, most traders, I would say most successful traders are more short biased, uh, and and I think the predictability of of a of a stock, especially a penny stock that goes full supernova, uh, the predictability of of a big thirty to fifty percent drop is is pretty darn good because you know you know where where you know where it comes from ultimately and where it'll end up. So that's a, that's a great point, and and that's something you know I think you know, in my, my barrage of sarcastic tweets, you know, again, it's Twitter, it's worthless, but you know, what, what I can, you know, I totally agree with the, you know, the, the potential of shorting. And again, we, we've talked to whether it be Phil Godeker or, or Gratani or you or good or, or all these guys, the problem is, you know, what I see. And, and obviously we've had several episodes with Steven about this is people, I think newer traders, they get that locked in their head that all, you know, quote, I'm doing air quotes, quote unquote, all these stocks fail. And you know what? 99% of them do. But what the new trader lacks is the timing. You know, the new trader wants to jump in right away. And what the new trader lacks is that discipline to say, okay, I'm wrong. You know, the new trader shorts this stock and just, covers their eyes and, and, and hopes that it's going to pull back. That's the difference between the pros and the newbies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, the, the, the timing is, is very critical and that's something that comes with, with, um, experience obviously. And, and, and that holding and hoping is, is, a big problem for, for new traders. And I know a lot of the listeners uh, out there are, are, are newer. So that's something that has got to be corrected. And, and the only way to, to do that is to, to, to learn from tough losses. And uh, we all have losses. I have, you know, any trader that's been around for, for, for long, for, for a good amount of time still has losses, but, but the holding and hoping and, and getting into plays that are not ideal. And that's, I think, one of the things that uh, newer traders have a biggest problem is getting into trades that are just not, um, tr- not, not justified. And uh, l- eliminating those is not easy, but, but that's kind of your first step to really finding that true success is, is focusing only on the, on the good setups. I mean, I'd, I'd have to ask as well, because Mark, you seem like an incredibly conservative trader. My biggest loss is like 5,000 because I'm a gunslinger newbie who hasn't learned yet. Tim Bone's more sensible. His biggest loss is like eight grand when he was trading. Uh, you were trading like UVXY or one of these. No, it was, it was FAS or FAZ, one of the, one of the triple leverage financial. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, as a conservative, I mean, we can both pitch guesses, Tim Bone. I don't know if you know. And I'd, Mark, if you're open enough to say... What's what's your biggest loss and how did it happen? So my biggest loss 
gosh. Um, I lost, I believe, 20,000 shorting uh, a stock called GNIN. Uh, it was a, it was a uh, pump and dump that I got a little too aggressive on. And I, I don't remember the exact amount, but uh, uh, I've had a few twenty thousand dollar losses, and that's just been kind of kind of been my my uh, my max threshold, uh, so to speak. So I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what else uh, has been just looking unprofitly real fast. Uh, and and you know the you know you mentioned GNIN. I mean that was just one that you know. Did you was it like day one of the move, or or, or do you, do you kind of remember what what kind of the you know what the setup was, or, or don't you remember? Yeah, so GNIN, uh, believe it had already gone red on the day, and it, it was down. I want to say it was already down like fifteen percent, something like that. And I got caught chasing it. Uh, thinking that it, oh. <laughs> it was, it was convincingly red, and and it was heading much lower. And then the promoters must have stepped in, and and or maybe there were just a ton of covers, and uh, and then I just got squeezed out, and I took you know too big of a position, and uh, it was one of those plays. I, I think that uh, the first red day. Um, didn't end up leading to a second red day. It, it, it recovered. And I think that pattern tends to work very well. The first red day holding overnight into a second red day, but uh, certainly uh, it, it doesn't always happen that way. And, and uh, these bulletin board plays, as you guys know, can, can get really manipulated and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I got jammed up in, in that short and uh, ended up with a, a sizable loss. But uh, now, what uh, what made you what made you stop out? What, was it just max pain? You know, what 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 what, what, what was the, why did you finally you know stop out after a you know after being down twenty grand? And, and what made you hold it to get a twenty grand as well? Uh, two two important questions. Yeah. So I, I, again, I took a, such a big position and I think that that was the, the, the biggest part of this, of the, the, the biggest issue with the trade was taking uh, an aggressive size and uh, sizing in too quickly. And, and, and when a stock moves against you uh, and you're, you're, you're in with such size, I think that that's, becomes a very scary moment. And, uh, and that's what happened. I mean, I, I don't think from a percentage standpoint that it was, you know, a ridiculously, uh, bad loss, but, but the, 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 the dollar loss just gets too big when, when your position size, uh, is, uh, is overblown. So, so that, that really, led to a I think I've had a few losses uh that are similar to that where where I get too aggressive um and and I I've been pretty good over the years not shorting uh too soon uh, meaning if the stock is holding green I'll I'll stay away and and a lot of traders um try to pick the top uh, on some of these plays but 
but even when I do as conservative conservative as I am, shorting on the that first red day, you really got to focus on the entry, and I think that some of my losses uh, tend to you know balloon when those when the position size is just way too big and and you know i I don't tend to to hold stubbornly for too long so uh so that that that's really i think something that i've i've done pretty good job of eliminating uh well not not entirely but uh not not getting too aggressive no matter how uh good the risk reward is and and you know perhaps i i i should get a little more aggressive on certain plays uh i i i I like to um size in but i think just getting older and being and having done this now being married and and you know with a child i you know it it, from that perspective it, it that has a um a little bit of a i guess a uh an issue in terms of, of getting overly aggressive and, and and never uh risking too much uh and i think michael good can probably attest to to that uh sort of mentality but uh but staying steady is is kind of been the name of the game for me Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A Ron from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City.